Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. I will uh, tell you, freely admit to you, that I intentionally avoided this Sunday uh, for a few years when I was first ordained, when I was first a pastor, uh, the baptism of our Lord, because it's kind of confusing. Um, so in the Eastern churches, in the Eastern Orthodox Church, they celebrate uh, theophany rather than the epiphany. And for us, epiphany is all about the magi, and it's, it's kind of exciting, and some people, it's, um, it's, it's kind of like Christmas too, almost. It's, it's wonderful. Um, and so in, in the Western church, we've always had the kind of, we stay with young Jesus a little longer. Um, so this Sunday can either be the baptism of our Lord or the first Sunday after Epiphany. And uh, so you either have to choose between hearing about Jesus' baptism or the boy Jesus in the temple. Uh, you know, the 12-year-old gets left in the temple. And, and, you know, whatever. They're both good things to hear. Um, but it's, it's interesting. We only added this option in recent decades. I think, though, that our Eastern friends might have something uh, going on here. Because they just jump right in. Uh, in the theophany to the baptism. And this is all to say that uh, we have the option in our books, in the lectionary, in the hymnal. And uh, just for a while, I went with boy Jesus in the temple because I did not know what to do with Jesus's baptism because it didn't make any sense to me. It was really more confusing than anything else, and I did not really know uh, exactly what to say about it. I was perplexed by Jesus' baptism, which is, you know, that means that John the Baptist is my friend then, because he also says, well, this doesn't make any sense, does it? That's not how it's supposed to go. Uh, he says, well... Don't I need to be baptized by you, Jesus? Shouldn't it be the other way around? And yet, we find in the Gospels, Jesus does not baptize anyone. Rather, Jesus accepts this washing that is given to sinners, though he has no sins that need to be forgiven. He has nothing to repent of. But Jesus goes down into the water that's there for the sinners in order to become sin himself. And as John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The sin of the world doesn't just vanish or disappear. It is put onto Jesus. Your sin is put onto Jesus. God comes down to us not as something else, but as one of us to redeem all of us body and soul, flesh and spirit. Now, Jesus doesn't baptize anyone during his ministry, I think, because if you have Jesus sitting with you, you do not really need uh, some other means by which to receive him. Okay? 
God is with us. He is still Emmanuel. God is with us now through means. Now, Jesus is not sitting with us as he was with the disciples. No. Now, people talk about having Jesus in their hearts, and you do, but how did he get there? Is it just some sort of magic that we have received Jesus in our hearts? Was it just your thinking that got him there? Well, no. Not at all. Jesus comes to you by other ways. Through baptism, through his word, through the Lord's Supper. This is how Jesus is given to you. If you are sitting across the table from someone, you don't need to write them a letter uh, or have some other way to talk to them. You just talk to them. But when they go back home, well, the mail will do. And so Jesus is with us now through word and through water through water and with word combined in the holy baptism. Jesus is with us now in bread and wine, which is his flesh and his blood by his word. That is why you are Lutherans. Because everyone else tells you to search your heart to find Christ, look other places. But we know that if you look inside yourself too deeply or if you look elsewhere, all too closely, what are you going to find? Evil and darkness and brokenness. So go to the word and go to the font. Go to the altar. Here is Jesus for you. And here in the font, in the waters of your baptism, you are down with Jesus in the Jordan River, the Holy Spirit descending upon the both of you, the Father speaking from heaven. This is my beloved Son. This one. This is the power of the water in the Word. So, we uh, keep our baptismal font full, and everyone who comes in here, they, they think, Oh, well, this is holy water, right? Um, we don't really do holy water in this church. Um, this water does not come from the Jordan River or from anywhere all that special. It comes from the, the faucet that is about, you know, 20 feet behind us or so. Um, this water that we are baptized with is the same water as anywhere else. But it's not that holy water doesn't exist. Because by his baptism in the Jordan River, Jesus Christ made all water holy. The Father speaks from heaven and says that he is pleased. That's what you want to hear from your Father on earth. That's what you want to hear from your heavenly Father too. I'm so pleased. And so the cursed earth is redeemed. The water is redeemed. Everything in creation which has been decaying begins to live again. And humanity, fallen and sinful, 
turned into ourselves and turned against God, even all humanity is redeemed. The Spirit descends upon Christ, and so the Spirit descends upon you. Jesus is baptized to unite himself to you. And you are baptized to be united with him. And all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus are baptized into his death. And if we have been united with him in his death, then we are also baptized into his resurrection. So get this. Through water and through word, you are given eternal life, united to Christ through all things. You are never alone, not even in your death. How can this be? Well, we'll leave that up to Jesus. It's his command, not ours. We'll leave this up to Jesus. It's his word. And he is the one who's raised from the dead, so I think we should listen to him. Now, of course, this is totally scandalous. Uh, people don't like this. It's one big reason why people, people love everything else in the Lutheran church. They're like, I just can't get down with infant baptism, and the baptism actually does anything. How could it be that a man is sprinkled with water, And so his sins are taken away, and he is given a whole entire new life right there. A friend of mine had premature twins, like really premature, and they were so tiny he could put his wedding ring around their their arms. And uh, itty-bitty little things. It's ten years on, they're fine now, but... um, The pastor, though, came to baptize these children with just a tiny amount of water. Um, How could that even work? We think sprinkling isn't all that much. Imagine just three drops of water. How will that do? I think in the church we like to surround baptism with a whole lot of other stuff, with a lot of prayers and Um, singing and and all sorts of stuff because because it seems so small and it goes so quickly even if you try to pour the water slower it's still you can't slow it down it's so so fast but that is how God works as Paul told us in 1 Corinthians God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are. It's a baptism, of course, is an object of ridicule. It is. Smart people. They can't get on board with this. How could this be? But for you, for the faithful, this is the source of your life in Christ Jesus. Boast in the Lord. Boast in this. 
I am baptized into Christ, and he is baptized into me. Now, any, any church, any pastor knows kind of how this goes then. Um, and there's really no easy question what you do with the, the parents and the grandparents who ask for their children or grandchildren to be baptized. And you know pretty much that you're never going to see these people again. At least not until they have another baby, you know. And you think, like, why come back? Because, you know, why bother? I've already been united to Christ. But why would you forsake him the rest of your life? Is baptism just a get-out-of-hell-free card? And, and let me just go off and do whatever you want? Is it just checking a box and then it's all good? And then what happens all the time is that the, uh, you know, the 20-year-old child who is baptized a couple months old and then who was never brought back to church again, they get to be in their 20s and the fire of faith is kindled within them in one way or the other through the Word and through the Spirit. And then the now-grown infant-baptized adult wonders, do I need to be rebaptized? Because I surely didn't mean that when I was a child. Did I? Did my parents even mean it? But it's not really about whether you meant it when you were baptized. Because God did. He's serious about it, even if we treat this gift like it's not all that important. It's not really about what you think about God. It's about what God thinks about you. Is God pleased with you? According to the way that most of us live our lives, no, not at all. According to the way that most of us say our prayers and are devoted to the things of God, no. This is why we don't need to modify the confession every week at the beginning of the service. For some reason, we still all get together and the words still apply. It's just wild, isn't it? Thoughts, words, and deeds have still been committed or not committed. In this past week, it's all still evidence that I am still a sinner. And even more than that, though, or maybe in spite of it, I still am baptized into Christ. God has not revoked his promises to you. God is pleased with you. Because the Spirit has been given to you and because you now live with Christ Jesus. Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John and thank God he did. Boast in that, dear brothers and sisters, children of God, who he is very happy with. In the name of Jesus, amen.